0: When I began in ministry, part of the process of ministry in the Christian Missionary Alliance is this thing called ordination. You're probably familiar with that word. And in the way it works in the Christian Missionary Alliance... You come in and you get licensed first. And so there's a bit of an exam for that, and you sit before a group of, I don't know, eight or so guys, and they talk to you to make sure do you know enough of your stuff to be able to be a pastor? And, you know, if you pass through that, then you're licensed as a pastor in the Christian Missionary Alliance. And then you go on at the minimum of a two year journey towards ordination. And they have different conferences that you have to be at. You have to write a bunch of papers. There's by the end of it, there's a big exam and an oral exam and all of that. And I remember being at my first ordination conference. And as I was there, my roommate and I were talking uh, in the room one evening. And as we were talking, he was asking me questions about uh, how you share your faith and I could tell as the conversation continued that he was really asking. And, you know, he had been through uh, seminary training. And it was interesting because at this ordination conference that I was at, I was feeling tremendously insecure because I was probably one of the only guys who had not been finished seminary yet. And there's a whole story there as to why that was that way. But God's path is different for everybody. But here I am... At this ordination conference, with a with a fellow who had been through seminary, and he was asking me and I about how to share his faith and really talk with people and, and, and explain uh, those things. And it struck me uh, that in one sense, while he was trained, um, there was something there was something missing. And I realized as I was talking with him that I knew what to, I knew how to help him. I knew how to talk with him. And then I remembered that God had given me people to walk alongside of me. He gave me Scott, my brother. And I watched my brother share his faith. And he gave me Sean in my freshman year in college. And then he gave me Jason, my sophomore and junior year in college. And then he gave me Michael, these people who walked alongside of me And helped me. I I heard them share their faith. I heard them communicate their faith story to others. I watched them lead uh, kind of small group studies and bring people together. I watched them uh, disciple other people. And I realized, wow, God has given me a tremendous gift in having people that God has put alongside of me to learn how to do these things, I was blessed uh, by by those guys, and the reality is none of those guys were seminary-trained guys when they were teaching me all of those things, kind of like uh, the 12 disciples, right? And it spoke volumes to me that these ordinary people were the ones who really equipped me in a hands-on kind of way to do those very things, because as I watched and went with those guys to share their faith, then I was I was watching. But it didn't just start with watch, so I watched, and then I got to take part in it. They let me take part in when we were trying to communicate the truth to somebody else. And then it was like, well, how about how about you do it, and I'm here watching you, and like, you know, I'll be here to maybe pick it up if you kind of stumble or think I don't know where to go from here. And then I was on my own doing it, and then I found I'm, I'm leading others in how to do uh, all of these things. Walking alongside other people, it's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. And... I think, you know, at that ordination conference and I went to a state school and I always felt behind in my faith. I always felt like my parents wouldn't send me to Bible college and so I ended up at a state school and I always thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting behind and I'm not going to be where others are at. And then I realized, you know what, God was shaping me for the journey that he had for me and for the ministry that uh, he wanted Uh, me to walk on. I think he wanted me to realize in a very profound way, because of the work that he was going to call me to do in the church, that ordinary, everyday people can be a part of discipleship. And here I am at an ordination conference. I'm with somebody who was trained, and I'm not knocking that because I went through, you know, I went through my education side. It just happened in a different order. But I think God strategically did that. Because he wanted me to forever know, Jeff, I taught you how to do this core stuff in ministry and even gave you a job doing it so that everybody around you would know it's for ordinary, everyday people. That's what discipleship is for, ordinary, everyday people. I was talking with a couple of fellas here at Hope. And through the conversation, you know, one of the guys said, you know, I've, I've been in a Christian home. I've been through some Christian schooling. I even have a Bible degree and even have done some, some ministry. But I've never really had somebody disciple me. I've never really had somebody walk alongside of me. And it, it struck me. And one of the things that I re- was reading about walking alongside of others, this, this idea of discipleship, uh, they had a quote from this This guy named Craig, and this is what uh, Craig said. It's up on the screen here. He says, the more I thought about what I've read in the scriptures, it seemed to me that mentoring relationships have been lost in the church for decades. You know, when life touches life, when we walk alongside of others, when we have someone to walk alongside of us, when we have somebody there to pay attention to our lives, When we move forward with intentional spiritual friendship, discipleship, it it actually happens. And I was blessed to have people not just help me to do the work of ministry, but people to pay attention to my life to say, Jeff, hello, we need to look at this in your life. People to help me even confess sin and to realize and see the brokenness in my own life and to help me move forward. For a while, I thought my journey was unique. I actually thought I was special and that uh, I needed some humility there on that fact. But then I, you know, it, it, God said, Jeff, this wasn't, you're not unique. This is Christianity. This, this is what I've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I thought maybe, maybe Craig's quote, that, this walking alongside of others, this mentoring, this discipleship, maybe uh, some parts of it have been missing. And so today, what I want us to do is to look at uh, four questions. Four questions about discipleship. You'll see them on the screen here. What did discipleship mean to Jesus? What did discipleship mean to Jesus? How did he do it is there some involvement that he wants you and I to have in that process? And then what steps are we moving in as a church family? And how can you be involved? The father gave a mission to the son, didn't he? What was the mission that he gave the son? To be the savior of the world, right? To live a life that was fully pleasing to the father so that he could die a death that was an acceptable payment For all of our wrongdoing and sin to rise again to bring real spiritual life for us so that we could learn to live as citizens of his kingdom. That's the mission he gave him. But there was a little bit more a part of that mission. He sent Jesus to do all of those things and to create a delivery system for that message and for all of those things that he had taught his first followers. He was here to also set up a delivery system. How does this perpetuate? How does this uh, generation after generation until Christ comes again move forward? We of course know the power source given to the church was the Holy Spirit for that. But today we're gonna focus on the vehicle. What was the delivery system? The delivery system is called discipleship. So if you would open up in your Bible to Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, very early on in the gospel of Mark, this idea of discipleship comes to the forefront. And it's really at the beginning and the center of Jesus's ministry, right from the get-go, as he's calling his disciples, we begin to see what discipleship is all about. Mark is the first gospel of the four gospels that was written. And in Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16, it says this And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So we know a little bit about them. They're fishermen, they had a career. And Jesus says to them, Come, come follow me, Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Now, it looks to us like This Like, is this Jesus' first interaction? Did they know anything about this guy? Was this itinerant uh, ministry guy walking through town and say, you over there, you follow me? And they had no idea who he was. In the first chapter of John, we learn, no, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. What did John the Baptist come to do? He came to prepare the way for Jesus, right? So Andrew was hearing all about John the Baptist's ministry, talking about that. And there's one occasion in John chapter one where Jesus is walking by, he's in the area, and John points out and he says, that's the Messiah. And then two disciples go and they start to begin to follow Jesus. And so the disciples did have some connection. They knew a bit uh, of who Jesus was. And then Jesus calls them, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you flip over to Mark chapter three, Mark chapter three, when Jesus appoints the 12 and starting in verse 13, it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those that he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. We're starting to learn about what discipleship is. He appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Then these were the 12 and he lists off the 12. What did discipleship mean to Jesus? Two things. What does it say there in the text? It says he, he asked them, he said, come to what, be with me. To be with me. Jesus wanted the 12 to walk alongside of him. Why did he want them to walk alongside of them? Walk alongside of him. Because he wanted to teach them. He wanted them to see up close and personal how to do all the things that he was doing. And because of the disciples' withness, their witness, walking alongside of Jesus, there were, some, there were some significant things that they learned. They learned character formation lessons as they walked with Jesus, right? Jesus had his own family issues, didn't he? His family thought he was crazy, and they're like, come home with us. And, you know, they watched Jesus have to deal with his own family. And they learned some lessons from that. Um, They were uh, having to learn uh, what it means to die to self, those are character formation lessons about who's important. Remember when they pushed the little kids away and Jesus is like, no, they're important too, right? All, everyone's important. So what is that? The character formation lessons and their witness enabled them to start learning these formation lessons. They also learned different Bible lessons, didn't they? Jesus expounded different passages of scripture in his teaching. And the neat thing for them is when they got Jesus alone, then they're like, hey, can you explain this more to me? And they got to talk. And so they learned things about the greatest commandment. They learned things about uh, kind of end times even. They learned the meaning of the true Sabbath. All of these Bible lessons that now came alive because Jesus was expounded explaining them. All of this happened because they were walking alongside of him. They learned countless ministry lessons, didn't they? As Jesus was teaching to the crowds, they were going to be teaching, weren't they? They were going to be sharing with others. So how did they learn how to do it? They were with him. And Jesus taught them how to teach others. Jesus taught them how to deal with religious opposition. Jesus taught them how uh, to pray with power. Jesus taught them how to exercise spiritual authority over sickness and disease, right? Isn't that even what uh, it says in the text that he sent them out to preach and to have authority over demons? Jesus taught them how to have follow-through, right? And if anybody ever followed through on discipleship, it was Jesus. He went all the way to the end. And I love that Mark 3 says He called them that they may be with him. God was setting a pattern. They would observe it with Jesus. They'd learn it. And then they would do it. And that's how that pathway works. And it was the everyday events that Jesus encountered that seemed to set uh, what the lessons in discipleship really were. So there's a profound sense in which the things you're walking through in an everyday way are the things that God's gonna use in your discipleship process. And if you have somebody walking alongside of you, somebody paying attention to your life, then they can help you catch what those discipleship lessons are. That's why Jesus called them to be with him, to walk alongside of him. And in that way, discipleship is caught, not taught. Right? Discipleship is caught, not taught. That happens when you're alongside Of somebody else. And again, it doesn't mean that, is teaching not important? We're doing that right now. If it wasn't important, we wouldn't do it. Of course, teaching's important, but there's something that infuses teaching when when someone's coming alongside and there's this connection with life on life with the teaching and with the real events, right? You know that if you learn something in a classroom, you tuck it away maybe for later use or that, but if you're learning something in the heat of the moment, guess what happens? It's like an iron-on. It's infused on the t-shirt, right? You never forget it. Why? Because the truth came in alongside of a real experience that you were having. That's discipleship. And the Christian faith, hands down, is an imitative faith. It's an imitative faith. It's, you know, how did I know how to even tell the guy, my roommate, at the ordination conference, how how to have real spiritual conversations with other people? I was recounting what I saw. It's what somebody, I was doing the exact same thing that somebody taught me to do. And it was all in a hands-on kind of way. The Christian faith is an imitative faith. And the process that Jesus used was coming alongside others through intentional spiritual friendship, right? By the end, Jesus said, these are my friends. You're my friends. He came alongside of them. That's discipleship. Come follow me. But there's a second part of that discipleship. And it's really from the start as Jesus is calling them. They were also not only to be with him, but to be what? Sent. Sent by him. In Mark chapter six, if you flip over a couple more chapters, in Mark chapter six, he says, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to, so now he told them, And now he's beginning to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick, many sick people with oil and healed them. That's Mark 6, 6 through 7. And then uh, the last part of verse 12. The discipleship process is a witness as well as being sent. And the disciples knew from the start, right? that this is what it is. There isn't discipleship if it's just withness. Both are absolutely essential. Just being with Jesus isn't, it's not an option in discipleship. It's not not an option. Those who wanted to be with him, they're gonna be sent by him. What you receive, what the disciples received by being with him, guess what? That was the exact, those were the exact things that they were gonna use when they went out. And they were sent by him. Inherent in following Jesus was the disciples' involvement in the discipleship of others. I will make you fishers of men. I remember talking with uh, some parents here at Hope and they told me, our daughter is gonna be leading a study when she goes back to college this year. And I get, my eyes got big and I said, watch out. And they just kind of looked at me, what do you mean watch out? I said, things are not going to be the same for your daughter after that. I said, why? I said, because now the things that she's been hearing, she's going to be a part of doing. I said, watch out. Something's going to happen there. It's going to happen. Why? Because you're infusing the full, what discipleship really is. Witness with Jesus, walk alongside, as well as being sent out. And that's when exponential growth in our lives actually happens. When there's the things that Jesus is giving us are being used to walk alongside of others. The combination of being with Jesus and being sent by Jesus accelerates growth like I have never seen. If you want to grow, it's both of those. It's both of those. What involvement (laughs) What is the involvement that this call to discipleship has for us? What involvement does Jesus call us to uh, when it comes to discipleship? In Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, it's up on the screen here. After this, the Lord appointed 72. Luke 10, 1 through 3, and then a little bit of verse 17. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. How many others? So not just the 12 anymore, right? And he sent them out two by two to go ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. Then verse 3, Jesus says, go, I'm sending you out. And then at the close in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. What is this illustrating to us? in terms of even our own involvement. One could say, well, that call to discipleship was only for those 12. Is it? Were those 12 a special group of people? Well, of course they were special in a certain way. But when it came to the engine, what was going to, for generation after generation, move all of this forward, no. The 72 were sent out. This shows the process Jesus is carrying out is not special to the 12. It's a pattern that's being established. And of course, we know in Matthew 28, all authority, Jesus said, after he rose from the dead. That's why he had all authority. The payment was made. It was an acceptable sacrifice to God. And all authority had been given to him on heaven and on earth. And then what does he say? He says, therefore, go and what make disciples. Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's He speaking to? Salvation. Go help people understand how to be saved, how to come into a relationship with Me, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. In a sense, what was going through their mind when they were hearing this? Oh, the witness of Jesus as Jesus walked alongside. These were all these things that I learned. What are you, what were they thinking? Now I'm to go walk alongside of others and let them see the exact same things so that others will know. Salvation and formation are in that call and we're to walk alongside others. The call to discipleship is universal, isn't it? It's universal and it's for all times. It never ends. Mentoring is not a ministry for specialists or experts. It belongs to the priesthood of all believers. Mentoring is not a ministry for specialists or experts. It belongs to the priesthood of all believers. Something I hadn't seen in one of the texts we were talking about And I don't, I don't know if I just didn't think about it before, but in Mark three, when he called the 12, there are names in there of the 12 of these awesome 12, like, right? We really know not much about Thaddeus, (laughs) right? James, son of Alphaeus. We, we don't know a ton. That makes me feel great. (laughs) Doesn't it make you feel pretty great? because we would think we're going to know everything about those 12. I think Jesus wanted us to know it's ordinary people. It's ordinary people. You can learn how to share your faith and be good at it. You can learn how to disciple and walk alongside somebody else. You can learn how to translate the gifts and the things God has given to you and show someone else and bless somebody else with those. You can translate those life-changing experiences you've had, those hard circumstances you've walked through. You can translate that into a discipleship moment for someone else. You. I was an ordinary person, and somebody walked alongside of me. And there I was at ordination conference, thinking, Thank you, Lord for sending a Scott and a Sean and a Jason and a Michael to walk alongside of me. I want you to look at this video clip. This video clip is the spread of the gospel through discipleship by Western conservatory. And as you look through this, the white that you'll see is the spread of Christianity. The green is is Islamic rule and red is communism, but pay attention to the white. Uh, as this goes through uh, this short video clip. first newspaper as we know it came out in around the 1600s literacy was very low the first magazine appeared in england in 1704 radio began in the 1920s tv got rolling strongly in the 1940s internet while having a bit of a start in 1983 in its recognizable form did not really push forward till 1990 mass production of christians wasn't the method Jesus used. What you saw on the screen happen through discipleship. Through people coming alongside other people, better said, ordinary people coming alongside other ordinary people to help them know who Jesus is, to help them take their next steps and pass it along. Groups of three, groups of 12, one-to-one, these small clusters of people. That's how we got here today, not through mass production. We can't mass produce people here at Hope Church or people who walk through this door. Everyone's in a certain way a specialized person and somebody needs to walk alongside of them. Paul trained his young protege, didn't he? In this very way, in 2 Timothy 2.2. He said, and the things you've heard me say, Timothy, the things you heard me say, in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Do you know what the qualification is, by the way? Be with Jesus and be willing to be sent by Jesus. <laughs> Paul saw the church was to be shaped in this discipleship way. In Ephesians 4, 11, it says, so Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and become mature. What do you suppose the work of service is? So that the Equipped the people for works of service. What is the work of service? It's discipleship. That's the work of service that we're all to be partakers of. As I think about some of my discipleship takeaways that really, there's probably many that you might glean from all of this, but some discipleship takeaways for me were this. Whatever God shares with me Whatever God shares with me, he's going to have me share with somebody else. That's discipleship, isn't it? Whatever God shares with me, he's going to have me share with others. And the more closely that he gives me something and I pass it along, the more infused it gets in my life. I have found almost all through my walk with Jesus that the things he gives me within weeks, months, or not too distant future, I'm using it whatever God has given to you. That's how you know what you're supposed to give away. And guess what? God will bring you somebody who needs that. I'm watching it happen here at Hope Church. I'm going to share a couple of those stories in a minute. Number two, discipleship takeaway. I don't have to be an expert. I don't have to be an expert. I don't have to have a position or even be well-known. Some of the disciples were people you don't even know anything about. You don't have to be an expert. Three, walking alongside others changes the world. Walking alongside of others. There's nothing fancy about it. It's not a huge program. Walking alongside others changes the world. I think the process Jesus initiated has proven that we watch that map roll through and the spread of Christianity has gone on through discipleship for hundreds of years. I think the church has an amazing opportunity because we believe in walking alongside of others. People are lonely today, aren't they? They're lonely because we live in a mass production society. We mass produce everything. You're, you're not a person, you're a number and we just churn them out. That's how business works. That's how everything works today. I think people are dying to have somebody walk alongside of them. Aren't, wouldn't you want someone to pay attention to your life? To say, hey, I think this lesson you're walking through, I think this is, consider that this might be what God is saying to you in this or wanting to deepen in you. I think we have the, been given the best thing in the world, especially today because we live in a mass production society. Walking alongside others is loving and I think people would be drawn to it. What steps, what are we, what are, what are we seeing happen here at Hope Church uh, even now? What is God doing and what are ways we can keep moving forward with this? A couple of months ago, I got a word from Liz Kiefer and she wanted to do this thing called Apples of Gold. And it, it, it's, it's a way of walking alongside of others. There's, uh, you know, some just life kind of stuff that they're doing with food and there's uh, some things about who the Lord is and ways they're going to be coming together. And it was something that God had touched her with and used in her life. It brings younger people together with people who have walked through life a little bit and they're walking alongside of each other. And in faith, she stepped forward. Well, guess what happened because she stepped forward. You know, you might step forward with a desire. You want something. You're like, I don't know who needs it, right? And God gave her a group of people. Part of the reason you haven't seen it advertised is because it, it, God filled it up. And there was a group of ladies who were, you know, they're young moms. And, and that's who's in the group. Couple people are from somebody's neighborhood. They don't even come here. And God brought that together. And then God brought mentors for Liz to work with so that these younger moms had some people. And it was amazing as I, Liz shared the stories of those mentors. And, you know, some of it's confidential, like it's their stories. But each one of them, God did something in them that brought them to that. For one of them, it was like somebody had told me I should start investing in others. And then you called me the next day like that kind of stuff, the kind of stuff that we could, not, we could not know all of that, but God does. God is at work like that, having people come alongside uh, of other people. I had a, a woman who lost her husband when uh, she was in her 50s, and she said, Jeff, it is on my heart to walk with other widows. And if there are other young widows at Hope Church, I would love to walk alongside of them." I can't program that. I can't make that happen. God is surfacing that kind of thing in countless ways. I, if you pull out this uh, yellow sheet that's in your bulletin today, there's a couple of things on here. All of those things that are on here, it says, what's new? What is the Lord surfacing? All of those things are people who have stepped forward and said, I, have, I could walk alongside of someone else. God just connected somebody who wants to walk alongside newer, a newer believer. Somebody who's trying to figure out the ropes of all of this. And God set that up through prayer meeting of all places and set it up. And now there is uh, an older woman and a younger woman walking alongside of each other. Kind of learning the ropes of what it means to follow Jesus. We have uh, couples that will walk alongside of other couples. You think, man, my marriage needs something. I need a couple to walk alongside of me. We have people for that. We have people who want to walk with others in a a small group kind of way. And they're saying, is there anybody else here? I'd like to just meet up with them and begin to to be with them. There's men and women available to do some mentoring. Some men's leadership development, some small group leadership development. God is surfacing things here at Hope Church. Ordinary people saying, I I could walk alongside others in this way. On the next steps, on the top of this, it says, I'm interested in having someone walk alongside of me. You might be here today and you're like, I I need somebody to walk alongside of me. And you know a particular area. Check that box and say, you know what? I'm interested in having someone walk alongside of me. I would best just, describe what I'm looking for as, and just fill in the blank. What is it you feel like right now is pertinent to your discipleship journey? God has different things at different spots in our journey. And the thing that is maybe thumping in your heart, like, oh my goodness, I need someone to walk alongside of me in this way. God, I, we are a big enough church. No need, should, no need should be unmet. No need should be unmet. If you're walking through an experience right now, I guarantee you there's somebody else in the five, six hundred people who are here who've been through that who could walk with you. And I'm, tr- do I have it all programmed out? <laughs> nope. But I know God is bringing this together. A person who needs something to walk alongside a person who has something. The second checkbox, I'm interested in walking alongside others this year. I would best describe what I'd like to pass on as. Right? What has God given to you? Just jot a note about that. What's your passion? What's beating in your heart? I've been talking with people on the phone. A couple of ladies said to me, I love the word of God. I want people to experience the life-giving spirit of God. I want, it, I want them to experience the life of God pour out of the pages of scripture. And I said, would you be willing to walk with others? hmm I would. So what is it that you might have that you could give away to others? Check that box. Put, that, put a note in there and let me know. I'm interested, the third one, in getting together with a few others once a week during our upcoming sermon series. Uh, every week there will be a little handout. You could use it as a quiet time thing, but you might say, you know what? I want to to be with a couple other people in intentional spiritual friendship, walking alongside of each other to go through whatever happens through this series in our lives and and grow together. Let me know. I want to bring those people together. Do I have pre-assigned leaders where there's, I got a dozen leaders already? No, I do not. But you know what? So many of you are equipped to lead a discussion and we're gonna bring those people together and God's gonna do something neat. The fourth box there, I want to attend Walk With Others uh, equipping event on Saturday, September 30th from nine to noon and investigate what my next steps are. I wanna invite every one of you. We're gonna go through what does it look like to walk alongside of others. This event is for, this equipping time is for those who check box number one and you say, I want someone to walk alongside of me. I'd love for you to come. And, and learn right from the beginning, right? Because Jesus, right from the beginning said, come be with me, and I'm gonna send you out. So it's best to know, what does this look like? Because I'm telling you, it's dangerous with God. If he gives you something, he's gonna have you do something. At some point in here, that's just how it is. So we might as well begin to get equipped all together. So if you check box number one, I'd love to have you come to this walk with others uh, training time we're going to be doing. If you check box number two, I'm interested in walking alongside others. I'd love to have you come there. What does it look like to walk alongside others? I get that it's scary. It is. What do I do when I sit down with somebody else? Like, I don't know how to translate that. We want to help equip you and begin to help um, do that here and create that culture. You will walk away from that equipping time and think, I have a much better picture of mentoring or discipleship or walking alongside others, whichever term you want to use. I have a much better picture of what that could look like. And if you're here and you think, Jeff, I'm not quite sure what the next step is, but I really need to talk to somebody about it. Check the final, the, the last box there. I will call you, I'll get in touch with you and we'll just say, Lord, what is it? What is it? What is my call to discipleship? As the worship team uh, comes back up uh, at this time, I didn't plan it this way, but there's a couple of guys that are here and it just happened that this was the topic. Uh, these two guys sitting over here, you guys wanna stand up? Yeah, I wanna embarrass them. This is Tony. And James. Tony and James were two guys that I walked alongside. And they called a couple of... You guys can sit back down. Uh, they called uh, and said, Hey, when are you talking next? Love to come down. Uh, they live in the Dayton area. And I thought, Why does somebody travel three hours to, for something just to go to church and to, to spend a little time together? Because we walked alongside each other. Right? We walked alongside each other. Discipleship, it's an amazing thing. It's perpetuated the faith for hundreds and hundreds of years (laughs) through ordinary people. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Love the scriptures. Love that some of the 12 that we often in our mind make celebrities (laughs) out of them. And we might think, yeah, Peter's a celebrity in that. But there's names there. It could have been our name there. In some ways, it is our name there because we're just ordinary people who want to be a part of this thing called discipleship. And so for each one of you, I just pray the blessing of God on you. I really do long that you would have a touch from God to know, where's my spot? Where's my place? Let the Spirit of God speak. Let Him do His thing in your heart. Amen. Amen.